Welcome to Best Picture This, where it is always Oscar season. I'm Mike. And I'm Brian. In this show, we reevaluate every Best Picture nominee from the 21st century and decide whether to keep it or kick it from its Oscar pedestal. That's right. And today is an extra special episode it because is. it's not only the start of our series in the films of 07, it's also our 100th all-time episode, Brian. Can you believe it? Hip hip hooray to us. The crowd. Wait, I'm the only one clapping wild. here. Mark, our illustrious producer. The illustrious. He's, he's clapping. And listen, listeners, if you're unhappy with the quality of this show, just remember, Brian and I are not the guys you kill or the guys you buy. In 2007, the nominees for Best Picture were <laughs> Juno, No Country for Old Men, There Will Be Blood, Atonement, and today's movie, Michael Clayton, directed by Tony Gilroy. Here's the trailer. Michael, thank God. Look, I, I, I got a situation. Arthur Eatings just stripped down naked in a deposition room in Milwaukee. You are the senior litigating partner of one of the largest, most respected law firms in the world. You are a legend. I'm an accomplice. You're a manic depressive. I am Shiva, the god of death. I'm Michael Clayton. You're late. This is a $3 billion class action lawsuit. The architect of our defense has been arrested for running naked through a parking lot. He's building a case against you, North. Nobody's going to let him do that. Let him? Who the hell's going to stop him? I spent 12% of my life defending the reputation of a deadly weed killer. Arthur. No way. They killed the Michael. You, North, needs to know he's under control. They've been shook up. They need to be reassured. What are you telling me? That I'm counting on you? I don't want to say exactly what it was. Just that it was something that would win the whole case. I'm not the enemy. Then who are you? You got all these cops thinking you're a lawyer. Then you got all these lawyers thinking you're some kind of cop. You got everybody fooled, don't you? You know exactly what you want. You got to saddle up here, Michael, and get things under control. What if Arthur was on to something? Do you know Michael Clayton? We have a situation. Stay in the car, lock the door. What would they do if he went public? Arthur, open the door. What would they do? They're doing it. Freeze! Who called it in? Does that make sense to you, this happening? It's never happened. Get out. Get out of the car now. I'm not the guy that you kill. I'm the guy that you buy. Are you so blind you don't even see what I am? Do I look like I'm negotiating? I realize this is the insider, the Michael Mann insider of 2007. Yep, yep. I was going to bring that up really? for sure. Yeah, very good. I didn't think of the connection really. Um, okay, Michael Clayton was nominated for seven Academy Awards. That's a haul it's for a nominations. Lot, yeah. Best Picture, Best Director for Tony Gilroy. It was his debut. Uh, I haven't seen anything else he's done after this. He's only directed two other ones. Nightcrawler is and one. The Bourne, no. And, uh, oh yeah, Bourne. <clears throat> the Bourne Legacy and a movie with Clive Owen and Julia Roberts that I'd never heard of hmm. i guess it's one I of those really things hollywood that... is is cruel and you can make this it gets nominated for all these awards he and if a... your second movie kind of flops you only get one more <laughs> shot one more chance yeah he was a producer in nightcrawler that i saw him on that list yeah it was du duplicity in 09 the mm -hmm. born legacy he directed in 2012 he also worked on the script for armageddon mm -hmm. and um 
Oh, what was another uh, another '90s kind of corny action movie? So he's got yeah. a, he's got an interesting. He's career. done a lot of he's done a lot of writing. He wrote um, Dolores Claiborne, which you know, uh, he wrote all three. He wrote three born born movies. He wrote State of Play. Did you like State of Play? I've not seen it. It's '09. You're gonna. I, I liked it. He wrote uh, Rogue One. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. I didn't know that. Um, okay, so back to it, it was nominated for Best Original Score, Best Original Screenplay, Best Actor for George Clooney. Do you think that was warranted? Yeah, I think Clooney's really good in this. It's an interesting with Clooney in this movie because he's not, I feel like there's not a huge range of what he's doing, but he's very convincing at this role. He plays a, a really narrow slice of range, yes. but I think he's really good at playing the corners of, of that slice. Yes, you kind of forget that he's an actor and that's kind of the ultimate I th- to me that's the ultimate goal you know you you think of him as the character not as the actor uh real quick before yeah. i lose the thread here the devil's advocate was the other 90s movie that okay. he worked in the script for which i i love that he's making these kind of campy <laughs> movies in the 90s and then he goes on to make this kind of prestige thriller later on you do love your campy oh yeah Best Supporting Actor Tom Wilkinson was also nominated. Definitely deserved. I agree. He's awesome in this movie. Tilda Swinton is also fantastic, and she won Best Supporting Actress. She also won a bunch of other Best Supporting Actress awards. So she was. It was pretty well established that this was a strong, a, you know, standout performance by a lot of uh, critics and newspapers. Um, it was the only movie at the 2008 Oscars. Remember, spring of 08 looking at 2007, to receive more than one acting nomination. Hmm. And it got three. Wow. The cinematography was not nominated, but it's by Robert Ellswit, who is a fantastic um, cinematographer. He did all he did a lot, or all of or all, a lot of Paul Thomas Anderson, including, coming up, There Will Be Blood. The budget was $21.5 million, 93 at the box office, wow. which, I mean, I don't know, $93 million Almost cracks a hundred for a basically non-action action movie. Yeah, and these were the times kind of before streaming was yep. a, the boom that it is now. So if you were nominated for best picture, that was kind of your push. Like yep. you're gonna make some money. Usually, a lot of these best picture nominees are not gonna are not gonna break even. It had. It has a lot of also Sidney Pollack in this movie. I think is really good in <laughs> a very narrow the, role. Yeah, he always kind of does about the same yeah. thing, but he's great <laughs> at doing that thing. So I'm yeah. I'm for it. Ex- Bring him, put him in everything. The sleazy executive. He's great. <laughs> yeah, he's always tired, talking in <laughs> yeah. back rooms, wearing his you know his wrinkled foul suit. mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, uh, so Rotten Tomatoes gave it 91 percent. Metacritic gave it 82. Roger Ebert gave it four stars, and Richard Roper named it the best film of the year. Wow, okay. Um, Coming up in the show, we'll do questions. We'll do trivia, keep it or kick it, and if we have time, what else are you watching? All right, so Michael Clayton is kind of a conspiracy movie about a drug company trying to hide the fact that they're selling medication that's making people sick, and there's a lot of... Weed killer or something. I don't think it's medication, but yeah. Oh, I thought that they were they were just calling it I, weed killer. I think. I mean, there's a lot of growing. I think. I think it's like fertilizer. But oh, okay. I, something like that. I could Whatever. be wrong. That, okay, so that that furthers my point here. Okay. There's a lot of names and information, and oh, yeah. it's it's dialogue heavy, and there's legalese, and there's a lot of people in suits doing important business. So plot wise, a ton going on. But does the plot matter, or is it all a MacGuffin? Well, here's the thing. 
like I said in a previous episode, I feel like you're better at catching the breadcrumbs. For Apparently what, not, if for, I thought they were selling medication. <laughs> for whatever reason, I feel like, although I do love a good plot twist, um, I, I want to be like wowed visually. And I'm like, okay, if I'm getting like a little bit lost in the plot because mm-hmm. the acting and the, the visuals and the music, like I get caught up in it. And so, yeah, with, with something like this, it's sort of like the politics in Dune or, you know, as far as like what what chemical is called and whether you know who stabbed who in the back unless it's really going to matter in in the characters and the you know the outcome sometimes i do let a little little bit of that wash over me thinking yeah. if this movie is really good enough to watch again and again i'll catch up with that stuff later but i want to get the emotional impact on the first watch sometimes that bites me because sometimes the emotional impact is dependent on some of these details and you kind of get lost <laughs> yeah but yeah, I, you know, you know that I think it's clear enough for, it was clear enough for me on this watch what um, Tom Wilkinson's main role was and what, what he was doing, that he was on their team to begin with. And then he realized that, you know, he shouldn't be defending this people, these people after all. And he wanted to like bring them to light. Yeah. I guess the difference is with something like Dune, you have the whole chosen one idea. Yeah. So you're like, that's the bigger thing. I'm going to focus on that. And the politics of all of these houses, who cares? You know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll figure all that out. This movie, you're following this corporate thriller yeah. the whole way through. I mean, it's like talking through the plot the whole way. So I guess that's what makes it a more interesting question about whether any yeah. of that matters. Because it's true. With movies that with more going on, you can kind of pick and choose what to care about. This is saying, this is the you know this is the plot. This is what we're following. But I I don't, I'm not convinced that any of this matters because what's the movie about? Integrity, truth. Um, you know, the, the truth can be adjusted. Was the movie poster? Truth can be adjusted. Okay, yeah, and, and bureaucracy and how mm-hmm. that in itself is kind of a form of madness, but. The movie's called Michael Clayton. It's not It's a called, weird title, isn't it? it it's, it's about kind of him, a weird title. you know? So it's yeah. like all of the, all of those mechanics aside, the movie is about how one person is responding to those things. Mm-hmm. It's not really about those things, which I think is more interesting. And the first time I watched this, I don't think I caught that. I was, again, like we talked about with The Prestige, the first time, yeah. I was kind of more on the... Yeah, okay. I, it's a conspiracy movie, not my favorite, mm-hmm. because I was a little bit too caught up, I think, on the yeah, plot. Yeah, I think I, I was sort of confused by it mm-hmm. the first time I watched it. And um, like Syriana is kind of confusing. It's yeah. also in the same ballpark as this movie. It was Clooney's last movie, most recent one, I mean. Um, but yeah, the plot was clear enough that it didn't bother me. And I appreciated that it was complex. Yeah. That yeah. there was a lot going on under the surface, but it was it was it was leading me enough. And I, I pointedly call it a corporate thriller and not a drama because I think that that mood is is so yeah. much of the point here. You know, and we yep. we start off early with one explosion and the rest, just like The Insider, is kind of a movie that's sort of about inaction. And there is some violence here, but even those scenes are handled in such a mundane way that they're almost kind of boring. The, the more exciting scenes are the scenes with Tom Wilkinson talking and... Uh, I think that says a lot about what they're trying to do here. Tom Wilkinson as the totally unpredictable, you know, 
Is he crazy? Yeah. Is is this situation making him crazy? Is it both that he's a little if, bit if lost? If he's crazy and right, yes. that's what makes it fascinating. Yeah. So I'll go to this question here. Um, what I really admired was the screenplay. Mm-hmm. I think that Tony Gilroy, is. this is like, um, I don't know. This is like a... It's got to be one of the best of the of the year. It was nominated, and I think it's very well deserved to be nominated for best screenplay. And here's a couple examples: um, Tilda, Tilda Swinton Swinton is talking to these hitmen in the street, and they're talking about uh, we don't know what to do about this guy. And she goes, and then there's the other way. Well, what's the other way? The other way is the other way. And without anyone telling you, you know that they're talking about possibly killing. Yeah. Somebody. She introduces it by saying, I just wonder if there's another thing that we're not thinking yeah, of right. here. But the fact that a, a, write, a screenplay, a screenwriter, can put in pure suggestion, yeah. never saying we should go kill this guy, um, and it, have it be clear and have the, the dread is like amplified because of it. Yep. It's, it's just so good. It's so, such nuance. Um, and then Marty... Um, played by Sidney Pollack. They're sitting in there after <laughs> after Arthur Edens, played by Tom Wilkinson, is already out of the picture. And Marty is there. They're drinking. They're down. And he's like, I've known him for 30 years. I can't say it. It's so awful. And you, what, are, what are you trying to say? Well, it's really that it's kind of like they got away with it now because yeah. he's, he's out of the picture. Kind of relieved. I'm kind of relieved. It's mm-hmm. so awful. He doesn't have to say it. And it's it's like... I think the the key to the screenwriting is you have two people who know each other very well and you as a screenwriter, you're trying to give them almost this telepathic communication without ever, without overtly saying what you, what you mean, they understand each other. Now that happens in real life a lot, but the fact that we as the audience also feel like we're in on it in on their long, you know, decades long relationship, we understand their telepathic communication also. Yeah. It's brilliant. There are things that people will say to certain people, personal things they won't say to somebody else. So if you establish that relationship early, then you can just suggest those big statements, right? Those grand, I feel relieved that one of my friends died type of statements. Right. And you don't need to actually say it because if he says it, it comes out vulgar and it's, it's, It's no good. But if you don't say it, everything's so loaded and yep. yeah, it's great. So there's definitely some all the presidents. I didn't man. even ask a question, but that was my second question. That was <laughs> my fine. first question. It's fine. We can just talk about how much this movie rules. Um, <laughs> there's definitely some all the presidents men here. Yeah. And we talked about the insider. So where does this rank in your list of Ooh. kind of all time corporate thrillers, the white collar crime movies. You got Aaron Brockovich. Mm-hmm. You got this. I thought a lot about Aaron Brockovich because of the the chemical, you know, hurting people kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. Yep. You have the insider, you got the informant, the firm, you got Wall Street. There are there are a bunch of them out there. You know, this is a much more sophisticated than a lot of the ones that you just mentioned, I would say. Yeah. Um I would say that it's more enjoyable than the inf- than the insider. Mm. Um, it's a, it's more fun to watch. Um, I mean, you can't really compare anything to all the president's men. Like, let's be honest. That's never going to be unseated from the, uh, white collar crime category. Um, but it's, I mean, 
Yeah, when you think of it that way, like this is definitely one of the best of that category that I have that I've seen. Yeah, I, I think I would still put the insider a cut above it. Above this one? Yes. Yeah. But when we were going into this episode, I was kind of like, all right, I guess Me I'll too. watch Michael Clayton again. I, I was thinking that this was going to be a kind of an easy kick, making room for another great one from 07. But yep. now yep. it's a lot harder to figure out. I know. I was surprised at how much I liked it. And I was, my, I'm I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm surprised that you're on this on this on board with this because yeah. I thought, oh no, it's gonna be another important movie. We got that's not though. We got we got it's chemical got giant needs to be taken down. It, it does have genre. A movie with genre can't be important. That's the rules <laughs> of cinema. You didn't know it was nominated. <laughs> I, I guess. Come on. Yeah, but this isn't the time we're nominating Juno, Juno was and nominated. Little Miss Sunshine. The rules are changing. It's true. It, the, 2006 it, it, and seven are different than before 05. Is Little Miss Sunshine and Juno is this like a turning point for the Oscars? I think so. I mean, I mean, Juno doesn't get nominated if Little Miss Sunshine doesn't i agree so the dominoes are kind of falling but i gave this three stars when i saw it five years ago mm-hmm. only five years ago i saw it five years ago <laughs> not that long ago i must have been distracted it's because you're so white collar now <laughs> maybe <laughs> it's because i sold out and now i can understand all these things a little bit better but this movie is so cool like it's got it a cool, cool factor to it and and the, ho- and the horses and it's got horses, so that elevates it to an art film right, right then and there. It's right up there with wheat, wheat field and the, and the wind. Wind through the wheat. Um, but you know what we need is a horse eating the see, wheat in the now wind. Now you're talking, but you have to hear that wind effect for it to really count. We've that, talked about the performances a lot. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. But the opening sequence, the first thing that we hear and see is this narration of Tom Wilkinson talking. And it's like this weird, frantic kind of jumbled not everything makes sense but it kind of feels like poetry at the same time also totally and the scene is challenging you from its first seconds like keep up we are going to be going from this moment on and man like that it maintains that tone for almost the entire thing i was like shocked at how much i was digging this movie i actually i just said 100 percent. i think the kids these days say just 100 i think just 100 say 100 100? i think so yeah yeah um but the other thing I was imagining what, reading the screenplay and it would be hard to follow because there's like voiceover of Michael yeah. Clayton walking here. And then you're, you're, there's just so much cutting. We talked about the cuts and the prestige. There's a ton of cuts jumping around in time here and it's all by association. It's like this guy's talking about something else and, but we're going to show you something totally different Mm -hmm. and that happens so many times in the movie that um it you think that it would be too confusing to work but i think it just keeps you there just enough um i want to ask what is the impact we first meet tilda swinton Mm -hmm. she's rehearsing for an interview in her underwear Mm -hmm. in front of a mirror what is the impact of that she's trying so hard to sound natural it's another one where the screenwriting and the way it's pulled off, incredible. She's talking, she's saying the lines, and then she says them in real life at the boardroom. Yeah. And it's three th- different th- that, intonations back to back to that back. That editing is totally brilliant, mm-hmm. I think. No, I think that's it, it. The only time that you kind of see her in her in her vulnerable, natural state is in the hotel room. Yep. And all she's doing is is putting her mask on, you know, trying yeah. to prepare for the BS that she's about to but to fling publicly and it kind of it sets up that you know like 
you can't trust these white collar. Anybody with money is evil. Like that's the only complaint that I have about these <laughs> kinds of movies. Is it they, there it's is a kind of an, yeah? There's an implicit sort of um, you know everybody who who is successful must be doing this kind As of if, kind of thing. You know, it's like so easy. We we, we all know that capitalism is actually the way to go. So <laughs> back to the capitalism thing. Um, I think here's what I was thinking of as it got later on is Tom Wil- Tom Wilkinson is seen because he's taking all his clothes off while he's talking in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. But she is like, I think that's why she's in her bra hmm. is because she's sort of like the opposite of him. She's totally under control, but with her clothes off and yeah, he's but she's out doing of control. It in private. Like anything real yeah. has to be done behind closed doors. Yeah. Like you can't show your real self in public, certainly not in a yeah. courtroom or where you're supposed to be wearing a, a suit, you know, you're but supposed it, to be buttoned up to the neck, but it showed how opposite those characters are. Yeah. But yet, you know, they're, they're tied by, you know, without their shirts on. It's just interesting. <laughs> yeah. th- but, but what a cool t- tactic by the filmmaker here. Uh huh. Yeah. Just a little, little hidden yep. little motif. Uh, favorite scene. Do you have one? Um, well, I'll lead into my third question just because it's what's on my mind. Mm-hmm. But, um, well, no, I'll, I'll say, I'll say a shot. Um, Michael Clayton is confronting mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton at the very end. Yep. That's great. You're right. 100. 100. <laughs> <laughs> but, then I, I, you know, I knew Robert Ellswit made it, so I'm looking for his 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 shots. I really respect, you know, him, um, the cinematographer. So you see him walking toward you on the third, you know, the upper floor of the hotel, and then you see him get on the uh, escalator, and then the camera doesn't follow him down; it just tilts. So you see him going down, and you see the whole frame is filled with two escalators: one going up, one going yep. down, yep, yep. and he's going down. And there's a lot of, you know, easy symbolism, maybe um, not quite as bad as like a rat on a railing in front of a golden dome. But um, there's, you know, there's a little bit of there's a little bit of easy symbolism there. Yeah. But the fact that it was set up by the track, by that long shot, you know, and the camera is just tilting, not it's not a new shot. You know, um, I think that shows a lot of the, the artistry of, of the movie. Um, so I'll say that's one shot and I'll, I'll, I have another question for you about it, about another one, but this climactic scene has got to be the best of, of the movie. (laughs) And I think there's a few different reasons. Number one is it's the first time that Clooney lets out the movie star, I think, because the whole movie, he He never smiles. He can do movie star. He never enjoys himself. Mm But in this confrontation, he he part of it is goading her. You know, he's, he wants her to to feel you know the power that he has over her, so that you know she agrees to whatever on 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 tape. Mm-hmm. But he's a little bit smirky, and he kind of lets out that charisma that I kind of feel like he's withholding the rest yep. of the movie. Super mad- magnetic in in this sequence. But mm-hmm. then after he gets the basically the admission that he's looking for on tape, and he's walking away like he did the job. He's walking away. Um, you see suits coming out of the boardroom mm-hmm. and they kind of come toward Tilda Swinton. At the exact same time, you have cops coming from a different direction, descending upon the group. But they're all out of focus. He is the one in the foreground in focus. And I kept thinking about this is like those scenes in action movies where there's an explosion in the background, <laughs> but they don't turn around and look. He does it in Seriana. <laughs> yeah, he does. He does. Except here, the explosion is is like a corporate explosion. It's made of bodies yeah. instead of flames, but it's shot the exact same way. Come on. Brilliant. It's so good. Well done. 
Um, my third question is to try to, I want you to under, help me understand the final shot. Remember the final shot? It's very distinctive. Yeah, in the taxi cab. In the cab. <clears throat> he gets in the cab, cameras on him, credits start rolling, and you're like, it's going to go to black, right? It's going to go to black. It's going to fade out. But you just stay on him for yeah. a, about two minutes, I would yep. say. It's one long Straight. shot, just looking right at, at him as he's looking out the window, and he's kind of starting, he's just kind of breathing. We don't, what do you make of that? <clears throat> I think. Did you like the shot? Did you think it was kind of like a? I do. I, a little I, I, I showy do, or something. I do like that shot. Um, it's funny that a shot could be could be showy by doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it is a little bit. Yeah. But at the same time, if this movie is so much about momentum and intensity and nonstop talking and interconnected um, scenes, this scene is the one bit of stillness that we get, mm-hmm. and so that kind of makes it forces you to think about the implications of what just happened and about what it means for him and i don't think that i would have been thinking about okay now where does this leave him if not for that scene because it you kind of have to realize like okay now he has no money the only out that he had was this and he's supposed to be like the fixer the janitor but like his life is unfixable he at already, this point. He already messed, broke his ties with his law firm, and yeah, it's gonna be. He, he broke his ties with his law firm. It's gonna be tough. The, the bar is in the gutter. The the loan that he got, he already paid back um, to the restaurant dude. So he's got like nothing except for the fact that he did the right thing mm-hmm. in the scene before, and that's like a worthy trade off in that moment. Yeah, and I think that the that the silence and the stillness that you feel hammers at home. I agree. I think uh, it's a very, very well put. Um, but yeah, I, ju- I just, I love it when the shot is unpredictable. That's yeah. what I'm looking. I want, I want <clears throat> some surprise. Mm-hmm. So many movies where the shot makes no difference. Like they're just trying to tell the story by putting the right person in front of the camera. It feels like, and that's that's like not giving enough credit. I'm sure there's things that are happening that I don't appreciate. But when it's something that's showy, but also, you know, you know, is hitting home, that's it's pretty cool. I mean, these are movies. We want them to be a little stylized. Yeah. Give me something. I, I just watched King Richard, which, mm. by the way, two and a half hours long for King Richard. Not worth a best, was it best actor performance? He's good in it. I mean, that's the yeah. thing. That my complaint about these prestige biopics is that, like, you throw a bunch of talented people together. The movie is going to be watchable and good. But I never had any moments watching that that are similar to to the moments I had watching something like this. It's yeah. a little bit more high style, um, but you can kind of see those creative choices and they and and they they work. They hit different. I'm gonna tell you a a movie that I was that I've watched a what else were you watching? Just real quick on it. Mm-hmm. That reminded me somewhat of this because it is very dialogue y. Okay. But it also worked more than I had remembered on the first watch. And that is Charlie Wilson's War. Have you seen that? I don't think I have. Just, it's got a huge cast. Philip Seymour Hoffman either won or was nominated for supporting actor. Okay. Of course, he's a GIE. He's a BPT GIE, good and everything. Um, (laughs) (laughs) A BPT GIE rolls right off the tongue. Um, But it's written by Aaron Sorkin. Mm. And that was something, and it's it's directed by um, The Graduate. Mike Nichols. Nichols, okay. So it, once you know Aaron Sorkin, uh, Mike Nichols, I'd be curious to see what you thought of it. The dialogue is super, super sharp, and it made the movie a lot better than I was thinking it was going to be. Nice. I got to check um, that out. So couple trivia. Denzel Washington was going to do this. Turned it down. 
Hmm. I could see him in this role too. Yeah. Um, let me see. Oh yeah. The, um, so Tony Gilroy spent all kinds of time writing realm and conquest. <laughs> the uh the fake novel uh he wrote like a few chapters they made a card game that try to like know what you know what the feel of it was going to be mm -hmm. thought that was kind of funny um in when clayton michael clayton is in uh, arthur eden's loft tom, tom wilkinson's loft he sees a horse a horse on a hill in artwork and it was added through cgi ah. because that was the reason that he pulled over I did not catch that. No, I don't think anybody would. <laughs> but he walked up there and looked at the horses. You know that made it a that made it truly an art film. <laughs> um, the Mercedes Benz S Class sedan that is blown up was first used in the Devil Wears Prada. So keep it or kick it, Mike. So really strong contender. Uh huh. But looking ahead, this is the first movie we're doing. 2007 has a lot of really it's big. strong contenders. Very so big. for now, I'm going to keep it. Mm -hmm. But I will say the competition, it's stiff. I echo that completely. So um, in the next episode, we're going to talk about Juno. Diablo Cody wrote this movie. It's pretty sharp screenplay. Stars Ellen Page, Jennifer Garner, Michael Sarah, Jason Bateman, J.K. Simmons, Allison Janney. It's a lot of like really good role players, you know, in this movie that come together for a pretty, pretty well acted movie. So find us at bestpicturethis.com on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you listen. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Best Picture This. And for 16 years of golden takes, head over to letterboxd slash Mike Cavalieri. To support this show, visit patreon.com slash bestpicturethis. Thanks to WNZF and the illustrious Mark Gilliland for producing. And please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Until next time, we'll see you in the horse pasture. Chicken.